candidates face off on LU, LU faces more losses in the community, Stevenson arrested for child enticement, and JC police continue to search for missing boy. We'll have details when we return. This is a show for you. Put those bonnets on and get those mugs ready for this tea on Lincoln University. For the Lincoln University community. This is a new podcast for the Lincoln University community. Come on, LUMO, y'all need to get with this memo. This is a new podcast for the LU community that is for the students by the students. Two hood for the artsy kids and two artsy for the hood kids. Unity is family, closeness, honesty, and loyalty. Welcome back, TM Bonnet listeners. We're so happy to have you today with us. Yes, yes. We want to acknowledge the fact that Halloween is coming up. Spooky things are in the air. Yes, yes. <laughs> What's spooky? I mean, I didn't hear lace fronts and these girls. <laughs> Some of these costumes. <laughs> but moving along, uh, we just want to welcome everyone back. Yes. Our LU community members. Very great conversation towards, you know, the middle of the show. And I think you guys are going to enjoy, enjoy. We have a very special guest in the studio with yes, us. Yes, yes, yes. So Our I, friend Cameron Blair will be joining us for a wonderful conversation about Issa Rae's HBO show, Insecure. It is an American comedy that has really impacted a lot of members within the minority community and we just cheer her on in her endeavors to be the great producer and writer that she is. Yes. So stay tuned for that. Just to kind of make this a little fun, what's one thing, uh, since Halloween will be on Wednesday, what's one thing that really scares you, boo, uh, if you don't mind sharing? That I'm scared of? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not too many things that I'm scared of, but so I was just probably... the boss out here. Huh? <laughs> I didn't say all that. <laughs> Uh, I would probably say snakes. I don't, I don't, I don't funk with snakes. Got you, got you, got you. Don't get no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Kay knows that when I get my house, I will be having all kinds of pets. I probably will have a small little cute green garden snake. And she knows she going to have to babysit. So you just going to have to overcome that fear and be the boss queen that you are and keep it pushing. All right, but... Um, what are you scared of? Why do we ask you that? This is a little dark, but I'm afraid of mass shootings. I'm, I'm afraid of mass shootings. I've had some nightmares before about that, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, innocent people that had nothing to do with the beef that was surrounding the person that mm-hmm. decided to go out, like, to me, I'm just like, dang, like... Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to joke about this. When you're under the name of God, you have nothing to fear. That's what he said. So we're going to go ahead and move along um, into these stories. What you got for us, Malik? All right. The Cole County prosecutor candidates face off on Lincoln University. Democrat Deidre Herner and Republican Locke Thompson received questions from moderator Rod Chappell, who is the president of the Missouri State Chapter of the NAACP, about the use of alternative courts. The forum was held Tuesday evening in the ballroom located in the Scruggs University Center. 
young people in the criminal justice system and fair treatment in the court system were issues that were brought up in the forum. One LU student asked the candidates why students should care about the voting and the prosecutor's race. The prosecutor holds power and acts with law enforcement and government officials, Thompson said. If you really care about improving relationships with law enforcement, and there has been a lot of tension between law enforcement and minorities, it's vitally important that you vote. The forum was sponsored by the American Civil Rights Union. Voters will decide who gets into the prosecutor's office in the November 6th general election. All right, moving right along. Link University loses two more members of its community. Business professor Ogugwa Ananobi passed away last month. Allegedly, he never woke up. A mass email was sent out to the university informing everyone that visitation was scheduled yesterday from 11 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. at St. Peter Catholic Church in Jefferson City. The funeral mass started shortly after that. Former chemistry professor and alumnus from Lincoln University, Herman Thomas, passed away on October 6th. His funeral was held October 8th at Crown Hill Cemetery in Sedalia. Ananubi was a member of the Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated and founding member of Jefferson City Habitat for Humanity. This marks the sixth loss that the LU community has faced this semester. What do you have for us, Boo? All right, so a Cole County man resigns from Southern Boone County Middle School after being arrested for child sex crimes. 35-year-old Tennille Stevenson of Jefferson City was arrested last Monday by Boone County deputies and has been charged with enticement of a child. According to the Columbia Tribune, Stevenson was a middle school health teacher and an assistant high school football coach. From May 1st to August 31st, he sent sexually suggestive pictures to the victim. He has been on administrative leave since September. If Stevenson is convicted, he could face up to 30 years in prison with no parole eligibility until five years after his sentence. Moving along, we have um, another story as you all know if you've been listening to the news Thursday a um, young African American boy went missing so according to the news tribune officers continue to look for a young boy that went missing in Jefferson City a call was reported to police before 7 a.m. Thursday that four-year-old Darnell Gray was missing from a home in the 1100 block of Buena Vista Street Darnell is an African-American boy, a little over three feet tall, and weighs 50 pounds. Around the time he went missing, he had on a black and white sleeper, black coat, red Spider-Man Velcro shoes, a Mickey Mouse hat and gloves, and a Black Panther book bag. Earlier Wednesday night was the last time he was seen. Thursday morning, authorities and highway patrols searched the entire area surrounding the Jefferson Housing Authority properties and stretching up to the Helias Catholic High School's Crusader Athletic Complex. Officers also walked around the neighborhood asking if anyone has seen Darnell. As of Thursday evening, officers are unsure foul play is a reason for the kidnapping, so the highway patrol hasn't issued an Amber Alert. We'll continue... We'll continue looking for the boy as long as needed, and if we have to expand the search, we will, said Jefferson City Police Department Captain Derek Heisland. And then this is an update. As of Friday, the search continued in the same area it started for the missing Jefferson City boy, and now a $500 reward is being offered to anyone who knows the whereabouts of Darnell. If you have any information on him, please call 659-8477. All right, so... What do you think about the stories, Boo? 
Um, I just think the one about the missing boy, yeah, um, Darnell, really is really everyone's attention right now. You know, really sad in the fact that you know an Amber Alert hasn't been sent out yet. We could get into the politics of why we think an Amber Alert hasn't right, been sent right. out yet, but you know that's neither here or there. But I just hope. Um, Darnell, he is able to make it back to his family safely and also to, you know, kind of make a connection. Um, I believe it was Friday um, in Michigan. I'm not quite sure what part, but over 100 children were found in a human trafficking ring. So, you know, it's just kind of a lot of people assume if a child goes missing, anybody for that matter goes missing, that a lot of times they've been traded to something else right right and i think as student journalists too being in jefferson city the time that we've been here we've grown a soft spot for jc and we i think we would love for this to be something that we could even investigate if we had mm-hmm. the time because i mean just because he is a boy he is a minority and i feel like the attention isn't always blown up like it should be mm-hmm. whenever it is you know a child of color Um, That's just my personal opinion. I just think that it's really saddening that um, this is happening around an HBCU, and I really hope they do the best they can to to try to find him. Because, man, it's taking everything in me right now not to grab my brief (laughs) and run out there and try to figure out, you know, find what's what's going on with this story and stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the world is definitely... um, yeah, like Shaping. I said, the puzzling thing to me is that an Amber Alert hasn't been sent out yet. And as I said, we're not going to get into the politics of why it hasn't been sent out yet. But um, from my research, the way an Amber, from my understanding, the way an Amber Alert can be sent out is if they have adequate information on what the child looks like and what they're wearing, the vehicle that they may have been possibly taken in, and if it's a life or death situation. Mm-hmm. That's the only way an Amber Alert can be sent out. Yeah. Y'all know enough about what he had on There's and what he looks out. We There's a photo, so like, I'm yeah. just like, put out the Amber Alert. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel I feel bad that we've lost two more members of yeah. the community. I mean, we're halfway through, a little over halfway through the semester, and it just seems like people are just dropping left and right. Like, and it's, it's really saddening. Um, but... Just take this to the heart and just really appreciate the people that are around you Most and definitely. the connections that you have, friends, family, and all that good stuff. And just stay close-knit because you never know when it's someone's last day. Exactly. Yes. As far as the Cole County uh, Prosecutor Candidates Forum, uh, me and Kay were actually there. We were able to sit in on it for a couple of minutes. And the questions that were asked were very interesting. It was interesting to see the dynamic between uh, the Republican candidate and the Democratic candidate. From my perspective, it looked like they were kind of agreeing on a lot. Yeah, they were. They were. Um, I think when it came to that, it was more so now of who would be more, because we're both agreeing on the same thing, who would be more uh, productive Mm -hmm. in the cause and the direction that they both were going. So it was just kind of interesting to see, you know, how some sometimes they were asking the other candidate, you know, Mm -hmm. questioning them on certain things and stuff like that. But, you know, it was a face off. So, you know, that comes with the territory of that. So we're going to move now into announcements our first announcement 
Lake University men's golf team will be in Puerto Rico. Woo woo. Yes. So this is going to be tomorrow, Monday and Tuesday. Uh, they will be staying at the UIS Island Getaway Resort, Winetam Rio Mar River Course. And I'm excited to know that we have LU going and traveling. I know that's really, really exciting. As a journalist, I would love to go and just right. cover um, their adventure out there and just see how they perform and all of that. So we want to give them our support from our little town, Jefferson City, and just wish them the best and send our LU spirit from where we are. Go Blue Tigers! Yes. All right. So coming up this week, starting Monday, October 29th, and ending Saturday, November 3rd, general education tests will be taking place. So if you are juniors or seniors and you haven't taken the general education test yet, this week will be the time to do it. This doesn't um, this isn't like a pass or fail. If you don't do good on the test, you don't graduate. This is just more so to see that the information that you're learning through your years at Lincoln has everything you've been taught at Lincoln um, been taught effectively. That's what I've been told about the test. Effectively retained. Yes. yes. All right. So moving along, we have a party at the polls for the November 6th election. And it will be hosted by the fabulous Dr. Gossett. She is an advocate for student voting. Yes, always, always. So we appreciate her for that. And um, like she said, uh, there will be a food and DJ there. You know, us as black folks, we love both. So <laughs> go out and uh, while you're there, just participate in the event. Uh, don't just come and grab food and, then and leave. And, dip, and it know? will be an all day event from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. Yes, yes. Please come out and make an appearance, you guys, and just practice your right to vote. Yes. And then advanced registration begins November 7th. And for anybody who doesn't know what, this is more so for the freshmen, but advanced registration is basically getting into getting your classes picked for next semester very early. And I would advise that you jump on that train because little do you know, the longer you wait, those classes will fill up. And the next thing you know, you didn't been here six years because you and waited to, <laughs> to do advanced registration. It's right. been very helpful. I've done advanced registration since I've been here, so mm -hmm. I've been able to just yep. Kate get all my me on to it. So, <laughs> I mean, it's easier, you guys. It's really, really easier. So Right, and it makes it easier to, you know, if you already have your classes, semester start, first mm -hmm. day, you're like, okay, I don't want to be in this class. Yeah. So it makes it easier that you've already had your classes picked out too. So remember, advanced registration begins November 7th. All right. Now, remember, guys, Thanksgiving break is coming mm. up. So take care of all your business because we all know during Thanksgiving break, we just want to chill yes. and relax with the family and be thankful for our loved ones. So remember, November 16th after classes mm -hmm. in on that Friday, that's when your break will start for the November 19th week. And we will all be returning on November 26th. All right, and then we have a correct... <laughs> so now we have a creative writing club that is emerging on campus and anybody that is a poet a writer a novelist such as myself and Malik this is the club for you to join they will have their first meeting November 13th in MLK on the second floor in room 215 yes 
Let's give it up to these undergraduates that put on their first open mic in Martin Residence Hall. It was in their social lounge in the basement. That was Thursday. So the next one coming up is next month on November 8th, and that will be a Thursday as well. So, so far, what it's looking like, it will be every other Thursday. Yes. Me, Can Cam, we went and we observed the... It was really good. The Poetry Jam. It was, it was a really good show. There were a lot of uh, artists there, very, very talented artists, very, very uh, passionate and expressive artists who just, you know, strutted their stuff and expressed how they felt. And it was... In, it, I don't know. I just really was inspired by it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I need to... I, need I don't to do even write, po- write poetry, but I'm like, I may write a little something. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, just go and, and get inspired and it's an open mic. So anyone is welcomed. Uh, yes. Of course, you would sign up get yes. it when you first arrive. But towards the end, when they have more time, anyone can go up. I just ask that everyone that goes there, you know, try to shy away from the explicit yes. you know, stuff or whatever, but they do not discriminate as far as your content. You know, there are rappers, poets, singers, whatever it is, however you express yourself, just go there and have a good time. Yes. All right. So next we have the Honda All-Star Challenge. If you like trivia, you know, like watching game shows such as Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune, uh, Family Feud and all that stuff. Honda All-Star Challenge may be something for you. So um, me and Malik have participated in it last year, Mm -hmm. which is basically... um, a trivia game and all HBCUs from across the country come together and compete. Mm-hmm. So if you are interested in that, you can contact Mike Downey at Downey D O W N E Y M at LincolnU.edu. Yes, and it was a really, really good opportunity for us to for for myself to go back home yes. and then for Kay to finally visit Los Angeles. Yes, it was beautiful. <laughs> for, I was my best life. Right for nationals, uh, we were able to uh, visit Torrance and get the beach scene and we were in a really really good room uh in the marriott hotel across the street from the delamo mall uh which is a really really big mall in uh los angeles so it was a really good time i hope that of course everything stays the same yeah nationals is still in los (laughs) angeles but either way it's just a good experience to go and to travel now i will say this i was a little uh, discouraged at first because I'm thinking as far as like what they're going to be you know testing us on like is this like for the geniuses right but they balance it out yeah across the board honestly, really when well when all the questions came like um they include Nationals pop culture. was in St. Louis yeah so we went to St. Louis and everything and we're asking questions I'm like I'm not as dumb as I think I am. Yeah, because like they include questions. they include questions involving pop culture. I would say like chemistry, mm-hmm. science, uh, sports, yes, basketball, all that good stuff. So they make it fair for a lot of people. Um, and I would say, if you're within the minority culture. Whatever it is within mm-hmm. there, you know, you have your, you even have your black nerds. Right. And to be honest, I feel like if you a black nerd participating in this opportunity, mm-hmm. like you do pretty well. Yeah. Because I mean, Marvel and all that different type of stuff, the movies. Because I ain't going to lie, what was going on with my buzzer, my man Malik had it. And that boy <laughs> just came. 
Yeah, You're because when they was asking me about my girl Hallie and Catwoman, and then you know they got into like the Netflix, you know the Marvel specials, Luke Cage and Daredevil and all that good stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, I know this. <laughs> now when they got to some of them chemistry questions, I'm like. Ugh. And my th- I kind of, you know, strategic. For whatever reason, if I don't know it, I always go with B. Like, I don't know why. Just B. Queen B. <laughs> All right. But yes, getting into the sports, our football team went to Raleigh yesterday to play Missouri S&T. Unfortunately, that was a loss. So They got wood. They, they come up in the conference. They are now 3-6. and six. The score... It was uh, 7 to uh, 45. Dang. You know, at least they was able to get a point on the board. There you But, you know, this season has been a good season for them. If they lost the game, they were able to get some points on the board. Yes, so. and I see that. And I think they may have gotten a little excited from the last game. You yeah. know, I'm proud of them for that. Yes. But y'all got consistency. Consistency is key, guys. Yes. But... Uh, you know, so shout out to our football team. But what I'm looking forward to is this basketball team. Their season starts November 9th. So y'all make sure y'all support them as well. Yes, yes. Just send that blue tiger spirit out to everyone. Yes. All of our teams out there playing. All right. So we're about to get into what's being talked about on campus. So what you got for us, Malik? All right. Well, I mean, of course, everyone's, you know, they're trying to get themselves together from that alpha party that was last night. You know, <laughs> they're talking about that. And apparently it was cool. You yeah, know? I heard it was really good. Costumes were amazing. You know, I you heard costumes were amazing? That's what I heard. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I heard they were okay. Um, I heard they were creative. Yeah, I will uh, say there that. was Kids Next Door. Okay. Um, okay. We had some Ninja Turtle in there. Yes. We had a lot of uh, explicit um, cheerleaders and nurses mm. and pirates and all that good stuff, you know, as well. But, you know, I heard um, at the door, folks that didn't have a ticket was being charged $25. $25? Yeah, so I'm like. Was it worth $25 to get in? I don't know. I don't know. But I will say people that went, they weren't bored, and they said they had a good time. So I'm happy that it wasn't um, just, I mean, a weekend where nobody wasn't doing nothing. But, I mean, it's Halloween, so you got to do something for that. Right. What would you have went as if you if we would have went to the party? Because me and my partner here, we were not there. Um, I be having so much that I want to do. It's just... What do you? What did you want to be? What did you want to be if you went? Uh, I'm gonna let you go first. <laughs> oh my god! Well, of course, everyone that really knows me knows that I'm a huge fan of Marvel. One of my favorite femme fatals out there is Storm from X Men, and I probably would have went as a boy version of her. Maybe Black Panther or something, you know. And then if this was a, a joint deal, maybe it would have been a Ike and Tina type affair, possibly. You know? Yeah, possibly, you know. possibly. Uh, my second option, if I wasn't going to do Tina Turner, would have probably been Velma from Scooby-Doo. Because I was looking forward to doing that. Yes, yes, yes. Definitely got a... The next time we have a group of people... You know, we we'll have to try to put that on. Yes, Get some dope. Two hood for the RT kids, two RT for the hood kids. I feel like we'll definitely give off that, radiate that vibe. All right, so now we're going to talk about uh, the Seven Thunder Club. They're getting a lot of attention on campus. So you guys are doing something right. Uh, they've been going around a lot, and um, 
I believe recruiting members mm -hmm. to uh, their organization. I'm not sure if this is a registered organization on campus, but I do know that they are an organization that reaches out to students a lot. It is a spiritual organization. Um, and the reason why I say spiritual is because, of course, everyone believes everything with God has to be religious. But um, I don't know it to be religious. I just think that it may be unique in their spirituality. So that's why I label it as, as that. But a lot of people, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of speculation that this may be a cult on <laughs> campus. And personally, me and Kay, we want to investigate and talk to some of these people and yeah, possibly maybe one day bring one of the members on our show. One experience that I heard from someone um, that was passing by them, they asked the man what he thought of his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. I guess within the organization, from what the man received, uh, they focus more on the mother. And I guess the mother is the more sanctified one as far as uh, really blessing you as, you know, a human mm -hmm. on this earth. So they asked the man, you know, did he look at... Um, his Lord and Savior as a mother, mm -hmm. you know, and the man responded with, I was raised in a single parent household and it was under a man. So I don't think that a woman necessarily sanctifies me um, in my conditioning growing up. I just think that it just depends on who you are as a person. But I guess with maybe some principles in the organization, uh, females, maybe kind of like similar to what it means to, uh, in Catholicism, maybe similar to what Catholics believe mm -hmm. when it comes to the Virgin Mary. She is the Holy One because she gave birth to Jesus mm -hmm. Christ to give to the world. So it may be something similar to that, but we don't necessarily know, but we're going to find out soon uh, when we have a conversation with them. And like I said, hopefully we can bring them on the show. Do you have any thoughts? Um, I've just heard, you know, sometimes it can be a little aggressive mm -hmm. in their approach. Mm -hmm. um, like you say, you know, that some people may think it's a cult. You know, I've heard some things about, you know, people not keeping up with priorities because of this organization mm. or prior commitments that they've had before the organization, then getting involved in the organization mm -hmm. and then forgetting about those prior commitments. There so have been just right, some right. things that I've heard. There have been rumors that some people have dropped out of school mm -hmm. and we're going to find that out. You know, we're not putting any of this information out there. Because this is all alleged. Fast. Right. Most definitely. But that's why we're going to give them the opportunity to talk to them and see if they want to come on the show. I think that'll be a really, really interesting conversation. Um, I am very, very steadfast and grounded in my spiritual and personal relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And I would like to say that Kay is along the lines of that as well. We wouldn't consider ourselves really religious, you know, limited to a religious mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, we're just on our own personal journey with God. Yes. So it'll be interesting to see how, you know, our state of mind could have a conversation with Members of this organization. Yes, most definitely. All right. So with that being said, we're finally going to welcome our best, best, best friend, Cameron best Blair. Oh, wow, world. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yes. So Cameron Blair, he is a 23-year-old junior majoring in education. He is from St. Louis, Missouri. Mm-hmm. 
and we are just so happy to have him here in he the is, studio with us. He is also the president of Pride. Yes, yes, the Pride and, organization. You know, he is a part of a lot of other things, so we are so very proud of him. Cameron Blair, let's give it up to him. And he's going to be joining our conversation on the wonderful show, Insecure. By Issa Rae. Yes, we are going to jump right into giving you a little information about the show if you don't know about it and why you need to support this show and check it out, all right? Insecure is an American comedy drama television series. A quick synopsis. Modern-day black women might be described as strong and confident. In other words, just the opposite of Issa and Molly. As the best friends deal with their own real-life flaws, their insecurities come to the fore. As together, they cope with an endless series of uncomfortable everyday experiences. Created by co-star Issa Rae and writer Larry Wilmore, the series is based partially on Issa Rae's acclaimed web series, Awkward Black Girl. It was created by Ray and Larry Wilmore and premiered online on September 23rd, 2016 via HBO Now and HBO Go before airing weekly on HBO on October 9th, 2016. HBO renewed the successful show for a second season, which premiered on July 23rd, 2017. On August 12th, 2018, the third season followed. Last month, HBO renewed the series for a fourth season. Let's give it up for Issa. I'm so excited to be here talking with my friends. Yes. About a show that is about friendship and relationships and just us being in our 20s. The show involves characters in their 20s, late 20s, of course, but just trying to survive in this world and also being minorities. Mm. The show is about being minorities in America, trying to just make it out here and just be desired pretty much in the American economy. So I want to know from you all, why do you think the show is, let, let's get into the title. Why do you think the show is even called Insecure? And since you're the guest, Cam, you can go ahead and answer first. Yes. Well, all right, then let's get into it. <laughs> um, I think it's called Insecure because, I mean, it was very prevalent in the first season, Issa's insecurities and Molly's too, mm-hmm. and how they kind of juggle and try to get through that. Most definitely. I think a lot of the characters show insecurities mm-hmm. throughout, but um, Issa's and Molly's were really on the forefront with them just trying to just make it out in Los Angeles. It's a really competitive city, especially if you are a minority. So I think the show is really relatable. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's not something that's like... I understand that it's a it's a story, but it's not fiction in the sense of, like, this is unrealistic. Like, all three of us can relate with that. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, since I am a black woman, I think the title Insecure means that as black women, we oftentimes are overseen in society. Mm-hmm. So, like Cam said, through the first season, it was really evident about Molly and Issa, you know, their insecurities. And even, you know, them being darker skinned women, I think that's a really big issue too. So I think as a black woman, we are oftentimes overlooked and not seen as attractive as our counterparts. So I feel like that has a big reason as to why it is entitled Insecure. And um, 
a little background about Issa. Um, I like just really identify with her so much because we have so much in common. But she moved around a lot when she was younger. Um, she lived in Virginia for some time, then L.A., and then her family actually moved to Senegal because her father is Senegalese. And then after, I want to say they didn't spend a lot of time in Senegal. I want to say maybe a year and some change. They moved back to L.A., which is where she grew up. Right, right, right. All right, all right. So, I mean, I gave my little spiel, but to me, at first, I ain't going to lie. With the show coming from Diary of an Awkward Black Girl, I was wondering why she titled it Insecure for HBO. But as the season has went on, like, I'm really starting to understand that a lot of the shenanigans or the mistakes that they get into, mm-hmm. um, it's because they're insecure. Yes, most so definitely. So, you will see that... Um, so, for everyone out there that hasn't heard about this show, um, please or go check it out. haven't watched it. Right. Um, please go check it out. Support it. If you are a minority in your 20s, as a black man, I want to say just even observing Lawrence, Daniel, different, a lot of the male characters in the story, um, a lot of their pivotal points, it's really relatable. And I would just say it's just something to check out and just really see how you can maybe learn from your mistakes as well. Yeah. yeah. And quick disclaimer, like we said, if you haven't watched the show Season one, two, or three, there are definitely going to be some spoilers dropped. So y'all right. can't be mad at us because we already <laughs> so told if you y'all. Watched it, yes. Get off right now. Right. <laughs> and go watch it. Right. Exactly. Right. Because we are in the third season. So by now, it's like, I mean, you had to have heard about it. Yeah, at least you know heard about it. But if you haven't went and seen it yet, like, please go check it out. Like, it is a dope show it really is and just with us like part of our little lingo that we always throw around two hood for the rt kids two rt for the hood kids i feel like Issa definitely can embody that just with her being very unique Mm -hmm. and who she is as an awkward black Black girl girl. so that's why you know it's almost like she's in the studio with us today (laughs) until we can really get her in the studio right right (laughs) all right so let's go ahead and get into this conversation so as you all know it's been Three seasons, and they have been renewed for a fourth season, and I'm so happy for that. But, you know, my overall thoughts is that it is a very beautiful show. I think Insecure is definitely advertised as this is a show about one woman's experience Mm -hmm. and things she's gone through in L.A. and relationships. So I definitely definitely think Insecure is very befitting. Um, From season one to season three, I can honestly say you see a lot of growth within Issa, and we're definitely going to get into that later. But she has, you know, taken some steps back, but she's also moving forward as well. So... (laughs) The storyline of the whole series, basically season one starts off with her 29th birthday. And, you know, um, not to get too much into it, because I know I can talk about this for forever. (laughs) First episode, season one starts off with her 29th birthday. And basically, um, eight episodes is kind of, you know, chronicalizing um, what she does for a living, her relationship, five-year relationship with her guy Lawrence, her, uh, you know, relationship with her best friend Molly, and then even, you know, bringing Tiffany and Kelly into the picture. Um, season two, you know, there were some things that happened in season one that has brought Issa to the situation that she is now. Right, right. Mm-hmm. In season two. Well, I would just say season one, just so you all know, um, ends with Issa getting out of... Of a relationship 
Um, she has Five a lot year of relationships. Right. She has a lot of relationships around her. Um, but they're all tested to a degree. Mm-hmm. And life does that to us. Because that argument at the end of season one. <laughs> Especially uh, in our 20s, we're literally scattering mm-hmm. and, and just running and try, and frantic like to figure out. Our heads cut off. Exactly. Yeah. To figure out what our life is going to be, who's going to be a part of our life, who's worth it, who's not. Yes. So season yes. one ends with her um, getting out of a relationship. We're moving into season two. Now it's more about her kind of finding herself. herself in a way. You know, because yeah. like I said, this summer. I'm going to keep stressing throughout the episode. Five years. That's a long time. That is. So that's from your, you've been in a relationship from your mid-20s, mm-hmm. mid-early 20s yeah. to your late 20s. Every adult decision you make, you have to take into account the person you're in a relationship with. Exactly. So season two is more so, you know... Issa felt like she didn't necessarily have a whole phase, so she wants to get right. into that aspect. <laughs> she wants to get into that aspect, and I, even with her job, and we're going to get into that as well, I feel like she has become very stagnant in her job as well, which is why um, she, you know, I kind of get a sense that in that aspect she wasn't very happy, you know, because it's also some things she's dealing with at work. She's the only minority, double minority, woman and black that is at her job so she deals with a lot of things from that and then you know season three kind of ends with accountability you know I smelled some lemonade and that (laughs) you know season two definitely ended with accountability I ain't gonna lie with some tears shed over Mm -hmm. this way and everything because I think that was very beautiful and season three I think season two really showed insecurity a lot. Yes. Because Issa was coming out of a relationship. She didn't know what her life was becoming mm-hmm. or where it was going. So she was insecure about a lot. I feel like the only thing she really had, you know, hold of was, was her, her job. job. And I mean, even with that, you start to see her being a black woman living in Los Angeles, the challenge of that. Mm-hmm. So with that, I mean, she was really trying to figure things out and she was making these rash decisions. So by the end of season two, you see like, I see why this show is called Insecure yeah, now. Like, yeah. Issa, you making me mad. Like, <laughs> come on, girl. Because it's are... been some times I almost blues clues could do right. through that TV. Exactly. Because it was like, oh my God, girl. Like, I get it. You're trying to figure it out. But you about to be 30. Yeah. I'm looking to you to tell me what I need to do. And you just out here just... The end of season two, y'all, just to be ready. It's a lot. Yeah. But then season three, we move more into a time where Issa's... Um, I Letting think, go of I a think, lot of things. And I think she's feeling like she can't get any lower than where she's been. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, I always say this. The girl got a style out of this world. <laughs> unique. Very unique. But with her, you know, just the type of person that she is, it's becoming. But I feel like it, it works for her. It's just like, girl, if you ain't got that much money, where you getting these fly ass fits from? You know what I'm from? saying? You got to deal with Fashion Nova or <laughs> something like that. I don't know. Does Fashion Nova have Yeah, I definitely think um, season three... It wasn't as drama filled mm-hmm. as the previous two seasons, but for me, season three was the best season because I feel like that season was so relatable. And like I said, we're gonna get into why I feel like it was so relatable later on in the episode. I feel like there was a lot of redemption in there. Yes, well. most definitely. And whenever you trying to redeem yourself and get stuff together, some, some clownery is always lurking in the bushes. See that clownery that you did last year? <laughs> it always want to come back. Right, tonight. right. You know. What so I'm let's get into it what do you guys think was the best season so far Kim well 
I just might have to say season three just because of the way it ended on a positive note and Issa finally she ain't got it all together but she's finally she's getting there she's taking her life back yeah yeah Yeah. what about you Malikis you know I want to say I agree with Cam for season three specifically for the ending the ending to me I always say this every episode doesn't necessarily end on a negative or positive note but it's hopeful Mm -hmm. and it's real and it always leaves you like okay I go to bed tonight it may have been bad but you know what there's hope tomorrow Mm -hmm. you know when I wake up and every episode ends like that and I think that the last episode of season three had that really really embedded in just her like like I'm gonna be okay yeah you know what I'm saying but I don't know I really really feel like we learned a lot about Issa in I like season two because season two to me verified why the show is called Insecure I can see that I can definitely definitely see that not only from the point of view of Issa also Molly too exactly from the situation we're not gonna talk about how she was pissing me off (laughs) (laughs) but we'll get into that yes alright so like I said I feel like season three was the best simply because of how the last few episodes right what took place and I can who child I can identify with that so much so so let me ask y'all like where do y'all think she is now though Issa I think she is in a way better place than the beginning of the season because the beginning of season three you see that she was very very unhappy with her job and I feel like the end of season three like you said everything ain't okay but she's in a better place than we've seen her be in the last two seasons you know what I'm saying you ain't stand on nobody's couch no more you got your own place your own space now so I definitely feel like she's coming into her own and that was definitely evident from the argument her and Molly had the night of her birthday like I can make decisions for myself most definitely and you know what I don't know if this is just the the fictional world of everything gonna be alright even though I don't really feel a lot of elements of that in there because mm-hmm. it's real um and how unfiltered it can be. But I get a sense that she really got some angels on her side because things do be kind of. Yeah, things do be looking up for Issa. You know? Yeah. But I mean, where, where do you think she is currently, Cam? I feel like she's at a very peaceful place in her life. Right, yeah. right, right. And she's like, okay, I clearly. I don't have it all together. And I feel like she realized that she's never going to always have it together. Mm-hmm. But she's at peace with that. She knows how to handle certain situations better than she has before. Most yeah. definitely. I agree. I agree. I think Issa is ready to... She, I don't know. Issa might be done with these dudes. She may be ready to, you know, stick her toe into the lady. No, I don't know. <laughs> but I'm seeing that Issa... <laughs> I'm seeing that Issa is in a place where the decision she made on the last episode. Let me chill on men for a minute. Mm, focus me, on myself. Let me straighten this house up. You know, let me. And you know what? I don't know about y'all, but when I clean my room and I sit back, I'm like, okay, you know, I may be able to do this. And there was a lot of that that was shown in the mm-hmm. last episode, really, for the fourth season to be like, what's going to come? Mm-hmm. We all know right now she is planning on throwing a, this is a spoiler, you all, um, but she's planning on throwing a community Black event. version of Coachella. Yes. yes. Co-Coachella. So, right. Oh, my God. I <laughs> but we want to know, like, you know, we, we want to see that happen for you. Yeah, most definitely. She's a leader. She is definitely a leader. And regardless if on the outside looking in, because a little bit about her, she has a lot of internal thoughts where she does bomb raps. 
you know, um, and she got these comebacks that be coming. You know what I'm saying? And I know my girl came here. Cause like, yeah, we'll talk about that line later. Um, but yeah, like I feel like she is a leader, and I feel like she can really hold no, I'm working a dynamic on my plan. I got a plan. Start the business. Start the business. <laughs> oh God, y'all! In in some of these lines, like when she's in front of the mirror, talking be some to her, of the funniest. Oh my God, it is funny. But what's some of the things that stood out to y'all in season three, though? That maybe y'all can relate with on an individual level. Um, I think for me that stood out is opening up to someone that you didn't necessarily expect to come into your life mm. and being hopeful that this can go somewhere. Mm. And then it's like the fear of starting over. I think that's what a, a fear of lot, a lot of people have, the fear of starting over, which is why relationships, uh-huh. jobs, you know, whatever mm. the case may be, just starting over, period. Not being like, discouraged. Yeah. And um, the one thing I will say, at least in a relationship aspect, her dealings with Nathan, you know, she opened up to him a lot. And another spoiler for him to just disappear like that. I, I understand that second guessing yourself. Maybe I did something wrong. Maybe I shouldn't have opened up too quick. Maybe I shouldn't have did this. Like I understand that right, right, and everything. Right, right. So I think that was what really and any woman that has been ghosted can relate to that part of the show. Most definitely. So I think that was I think that was an eye opener. Yeah. For her. Yeah, and I think that was another element that showed insecurity in her life as well because there's a guy that comes into your life you're filling him out you're like oh like i can be vulnerable i can be myself goofy Mm -hmm. and to go on to that because if y'all remember for those of you who have watched the show she kept dreaming that her teeth were falling out and i actually looked that up because i'm a big person that i'm a big believer that signs come in dreams so when you dreaming that your teeth are falling out is you're stressing or having anxiety about a situation Mm -hmm. so that that was that made a lot of sense as to why she was dreaming about that and this is a little spoiler as far as right i've had that dream before (laughs) (laughs) this is a little spoiler about um isa confiding in molly but um she was wondering like what what did she do wrong Mm -hmm. you know what happened she just it's so bad when you don't know like that's really where the fear comes in yeah not knowing and molly you know she basically just responds to her and says if he gets scared off because you were too real, then why you want him, girl? Molly needs to take her own advice. That's all I got to say. That is true. She'd be giving some good advice. She do. Take it. She do. She take do. your own. And I think just within that, it's like, from my, from my ladies out there listening, like, just know it's an idea you have of someone. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that idea can last a little longer than you think. But when you really get to know them, you have to think, is it really worth it? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I to me, that, when I heard Molly say that, I'm like, Molly, you've been paying attention in your therapy session. <laughs> you've been paying a lot of attention. But, um, honestly, that part stuck out to me the most, too. Because... I've definitely been in a situation like that mm. with, I think it was the first boy that I've ever had feelings for. Right, right. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to get into that, but <laughs> yeah, like just that thing of everything is cool. You hanging out with this dude mm-hmm. one day, mm-hmm. y'all sleeping in the same bed. We fucking watching Secure together. No, <laughs> we just ain't out. Y'all hear it. I like this. But yeah, like y'all done talked about 
well, from my standpoint, like, talk about possible future together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like, at the time, I'm also 18. I'm fresh. I'm young. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, this is everything. Like, this is yeah. going to happen. This, this, yeah. this, that. Young and then you just ghost on me out of nowhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very. And I can. And then, like, also with him being the same sign as. The person that the did person that is not the character. Issa, yeah. We'll get to that later. It just really it messed you up. It, it did. Yeah. Like I get that. when that happened to me, I told y'all this before. Like I started starving myself. I'm like, what is wrong with me? Is it I'm big or yeah. Yeah. I was really like starving myself? Not yeah. yeah. I definitely feel where you coming from, Cam. And I've recently been in. Um, I've recently, you know, let go of whatever feelings I have for this person and everything. Because I've come to terms that we're never going to be together. But even in that aspect, like I said. One day, y'all texting heavy, having conversations. Mm -hmm. You was in my bed watching Insecure and everything. You telling me, you know, why you can identify with the show and all that. Then communication becomes scarce. Mm -hmm. And anybody that knows me knows that communication is a really big part of my life. Mm -hmm. Just... I'm laid back. I don't get mad about too many things, but communicate with me because that's the fastest way to get you cut off. But, you know, communication just became scared so then I started questioning myself you know I have health issues and because of those health issues I have facial hair that grows so I'm thinking okay maybe is it that or Mm, something okay if he says that I can explain it to him you know is it because I'm a heavier set girl you know are his frat brother does he not want to pursue me because his frat brothers may question him because yeah, he's pursuing right. me because of the way I dress so I told that's why season 3 I feel like was the best that's season for me that's why to me this show is beyond fiction mm-hmm. yeah. the insecure title I get it now yeah. like, and I'm gonna keep stressing that because I didn't understand why she didn't just keep awkward black girl in there but now I really understand yeah. the insecure since we all three of us relate to that mm-hmm. my significant other right now I was afraid that something like that was going on during the summer when we hadn't talked for a long period of time. But luckily it was because of, you know, you hear the excuses and all this stuff like that. But mm-hmm. after the excuses, then things started picking up and being consistent again. So I'm like, okay, who? I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you well, know? Lucky you. Right. But at first <laughs> I'm like, hold up, wait a minute. You know, like, yeah. you know, am, am I going to have to, I'm, I'm, I'm all about uplifting people, but am I going to be getting in a situation? And even if this was the case, I'm going to have to be in a situation now where now I'm doubting myself and feeling like I'm ugly and Mm -hmm. undesired and not good enough. And I'm just like, Malik, I'm the type that's supposed to be bringing people up. How can I, you know, but Mm -hmm. even if that was the case and that were to happen, you know, you still kind of have to work through that. And the ending of season three, I felt like Issa was like, I'm working through this. I'm going to deal with you when I'm ready to deal with you. Exactly. Take your power back, girl. See, Take I your power did. back. Issa did. And what I want to say, I can't really say it. So, explanative (laughs) is power. Right. So, I will say this. One thing that really stood out to me being in my 20s and seeing everybody having babies. One thing that really stood out to me was Molly looking at Tiffany at her baby shower um, and seeing how she's starting her life. She's married. She has all these very I would say um, common people around her and the whole the whole party function was light skinned <laughs> really? so and you know and, and, and I mean Molly is a beautiful dark skinned woman and it's like she was telling Issa like you know she on first baby I ain't even on first date yet and I really felt that because it's like 
Molly, if you're listening out there in the fictional world, <laughs> I want you to know that it's okay to wait. Wait and be ready. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the time what looks all done up and pretty and beautiful and all of that. At the beginning the, it wasn't. Right. Yeah. And even in the long run, we never know what can happen with Tiffany. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I hope her and her dude are really, really invested and it's good. Yeah. But like Cam even said, even at the beginning, it may not have been that way. But I feel like for Molly, she just got to be patient, focus on her, work on her relationships that she already has. Because mm-hmm. I think that's a big issue with us as black people as well. Work on the relationships that you already have, whether it's with friends family, distant family, whatever, before you're just desiring this love for a significant other and you don't even really know what love is yet because you exactly. haven't practiced it with your family. Exactly. Or take, just take a look at yourself and work on you. Self-love. Yes. yes. Self-love is the best love. Top one. Yes. All right. Okay, so now we're getting ready to move into Issa's journey and it kind of correlates with what we were talking about before. But this is more so, you know... All the seasons kind enough. of just taking a look back. Yeah, right so... Starting with season three, friendship, you know, Issa, Molly, Kelly, and Tiffany. You definitely tell that, not the first episode where they in the lounge and everything, and they talking about, you know, why don't black people support black people? And Tiffany say, well, we can't lean on Chadwick Boseman to do it all <laughs> and everything. There, you probably really couldn't see that there was anything wrong. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, you know, they're all talking. They're all getting on Issa's case because Issa's like, you know, spoiler again, I'm going to ask Daniel if I can stay an extra month. They just all like, bitch, are you stupid? Like... <laughs> Right, right. You know, so from there, you can't really tell that anything is wrong. But it's not until we get to Beachella that we kind of see that um, some things are how they used to be. You know, Kelly's pregnant, and you asked me, I don't think she even should have been at Coachella, yeah. you know. Tiffany, excuse me. Tiffany Tiffany shouldn't have been at Coachella. You know, you're pregnant. It's drugs being taken, alcohol, and all that. Exactly. So, um, you really don't see kind of a shift in the friendship until, you know, they're all sobered up the next morning. And Tiffany basically tells Issa, like... I forced myself to try to hang out with y'all. And I don't think it's necessarily... It's not understanding on either part. Tiffany isn't understanding where her friends are coming from. And Issa, Kelly, and Molly aren't understanding the position the position that Tiffany is in her life right now. Yeah. Tiffany is like, you know, I can't. I want to. I really do. But I can't do the things that I used to do because I'm about to be a mother. Right. And I have a career. Right. And I'm married. Know, and I'm married. Yeah. Issa, Molly, and Kelly are just like, well, you know, we want old Tiffany back for a little while. Like, you know, we just want her back one more time. And I think it's hurting Kelly more so than anything. And I feel like she's using her humor to mask a lot of hurt. I think Mm -hmm. she's probably been doing that for the longest time. Yeah. And I think that even the topic of friendship is about what is friendship and who's really friends within this circle. Circles within circles. You know, I think that you have your turn up buddies. It's Mm -hmm. okay to have buddies. I'm very selective on who I call friends. Mm -hmm. I've always even said this, you know, and I've always thought that, you know, I ain't trying to offend Cam or Kay. Friends are okay. Partners are what I strive for because at the end of the day, if you have a partner, y'all know y'all gonna be going down the same mm-hmm. road, you know, mm-hmm. and we're still all going to connect with each other in mm-hmm. that sense. Like, you don't necessarily grow apart. Mm-hmm. But I want to say, even in that sense, you have people that you may not necessarily 
uh, be able to work with for, for forever. But for example, like Cam here, I know that he's always going to reach out to me mm-hmm. and ask me how I'm doing and honestly, genuinely care. You know what I'm saying? And vice versa. So I think even with this here, it's kind of like, excuse me, Tiffany we didn't know about all these other friends she had. Right. You know, <laughs> they came out the woodwork. They came out of nowhere. What you mean? I can't find no parking on the street pulling up to your baby shower. <laughs> and I know everybody that's supposed to be there. Like, So I think Issa and Molly, best friends, no doubt. They argue. They get back together. You know, they good. You know, as far as Kelly and Tiffany, they need to work on that. Kelly is kind of falling out of the picture as far as being like she's becoming kind of extraneous to Tiffany's existence. Mm-hmm. Is that the sad truth? Yeah, but it, I mean that's kind of what it is as yeah. far as Tiffany's focus, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but Tiffany and Kelly and Molly and Issa, they're not necessarily like you know, like, oh, we all best friends. Yeah. You know? And I think like you know, our circles within circles. Yeah. You know? And I think naturally people have circles and then we all turn up together and mm-hmm. stuff. You know what I'm saying? I will say this. I just think that it really brings up the question of what is friendship? Who's really friends? Um, what do you define as a friend? You, you know, know um, and that's for anybody, really. So this is a rhetorical question. More rhetorical, but more so even for Issa and Molly's sense. Like, yeah. Are Kelly and Tiffany really their friends? You know. Um, I get the sense, even from the argument in front of Tiffany's house. You know, Tiffany said nobody offered to throw me a baby shower. You know, Molly, you know, I'm switching jobs and everything. I'm handling that. Issa, you know, you know, my job, I didn't have a place to stay, all that. Kelly is like, you know, forget forget them. They whack. I asked you if I could throw you a baby shower. Right. You, you said no. So I think it's not, ne- I think it's some untruthfulness on Tiffany's part. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like in my, uh. Shout out to Daniel J for giving me this phrase. And my Shata Supreme, <laughs> I feel like Kelly did try her best. Yeah. Like she said, with the cupcakes. She spent all night making them cupcakes. And you mean to tell me I can't have them out because y'all want this bougie light skin cake? Mm, right. So I definitely think we notice um, some some tension between Kelly and Tiffany. Yeah, I get I get that. What do you guys think about the friendship between Chad and Lawrence? That's such a it's weird a, friendship to me. It's bros though. It's yeah, bro. yeah. But I definitely think because you know, of course black men aren't taught to express their feelings. Yeah. I definitely think they do genuinely care about each other and they call each other out on their BS. Yeah. Because you know, when Lawrence came back, Lawrence reminded Chad several times, like, you cheated the night before you got married. You, you know, you had sex with two strippers. He had sexual intercourse with breasts that belonged to a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> that belonged to two strippers. So I definitely think... Um, I definitely think Lawrence and Chad are night and day. And it's definitely... It's like you said, it's some bro stuff. They're they, roommates, right? 
No, no, I think they may have. Lawrence has his own place now. Yeah. Okay. But I think they may have grew up, grew up together, went to college together, whatever the case may mm-hmm. be, and they're close. Okay. Lawrence was staying with Chad at one point in time. But now he got his. Yeah. yeah. Now he got his own place. Okay. I definitely think character wise, Chad and Lawrence are night and day. But I feel like, again, it's some bro stuff. So Chad is going to encourage Lawrence niggotry. It's the hyper masculinity. Yeah. That- takes place within that but relationship. I definitely would like to see more of a soft, I don't know, more of a softer side of their friendship. And I think when Chad was breaking down about, you know, his situation because mm-hmm. of the mistake he made, mm-hmm. Lawrence, he didn't know, that made him feel uncomfortable because it's like, well, Lawrence wanted to be vulnerable. Exactly. And when it was, Lawrence was in that situation, mm-hmm. um, Chad was kind of, Chad's always been insensitive because yeah. he's just like, hey, bro, be men. Like, quit all that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, yeah, I think it was even hard, really, for Lawrence because, you know, he's out of a relationship. Mm-hmm. He's like, man, I'm, I'm actually single. I can just mess around if I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't really focused on, like, really being there for Chad. Yeah. You know, and maybe some, maybe he just felt like Chad never established that type of uh, relationship with mm-hmm. him. So, you know, it, it's definitely a unique situation, but I know we definitely have to address that as far as friendships. Yeah. That's, that's big, you know. Yeah. What do you guys think about um, Derek in their circle? I kind of feel like he's non-existent. He pops up when it's important. Mm. Derek is a mystery to me. He is. And I think season two. You think that's because he's a Libra and that's that's knocking on Scorpio? You know, they're kind of mysterious, you know. Well, it depends on what Scorpio. Mysterious a little bit. They mind their business. I'll say that. Yeah. They mind their business. And I feel like that's a big part of it. Yeah. He he just mind his, he work, go home to his wife. But I definitely feel like, you know, there's some um, marital issues going on with Tiffany and Derek. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to say that this is the mindset that they're in, but because they're all about image, I definitely feel like they feel a baby is going to solve those issues that and they're having. Knocking on 30 because of the time, the social construct of America, when mm-hmm. you're supposed to have your family and establish everything, I think they're rushing. Yeah, most definitely because if y'all paid attention in season two where they was at Tiffany's art gallery, it was some... Some dribbles of tea being spilled. Yeah, so go watch that. Yeah, we ain't gonna get into that. Some dribbles of tea being spilled. Um, Or if it's not a thing of them feel like a baby's gonna fix it, I feel like they might have had issues, some type of issue up until the point when Tiffany found out she was pregnant, and then maybe they was like, Mm -hmm. we need to get our stuff together. Yeah. Because no longer just about us, it's about this baby. First yeah. And foremost. Yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah. I, agree. I definitely think all three seasons, specifically with Issa and Molly as well, dating baggage. Because season three, it's like Issa is fresh. Yes. You know, she's dealing with this new guy who she has absolutely no connection with, no past right, with. Right. So it's like we see Issa in this different character almost so to speak like she's free as where with Daniel you know she's had baggage with him they went to high school together they were close and everything so she's had this baggage with him and she said it in first season you are always my what if man and I think season three really um, opened her eyes opened her eyes to the kind of person Daniel is yeah and to even get on the topic of dating that was really all Issa was doing season Mm -hmm. two 
you know, we had the, the... And there's nothing wrong with that. At all. You know, she definitely tried it. Um, and I think, of course, it's hard because when you're getting out of that relationship, you know, you're only going to be thinking about Lawrence for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I mean, she she even tried uh, to, you know, dip outside of the minority right. pool, you know? And I think I think that it, it's nothing wrong with trying it. I love Issa for being open. I love her mentality mm-hmm. when it comes to allowing people to just be who they are. Love is what it is. Whoever, you know, whatever two people it is, you know. Um, and she's just like, I mean, she, she tried it. But Issa definitely... Loves her color. Yeah. And that's why I really, really vibe with her. Because yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I just, as a lot of people might think Issa maybe comes off not as black. But she loves her dark meat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think, to me, I really, really adore that. Because yeah. it's like, she wouldn't mind possibly talking to a guy that was a, possibly, you know, an ex-gangster or something <laughs> like that. Real hood. You know, and Issa with her little corny self you know to me it's just cute Uh, I I like it so what do you think about Issa's dating experience Cam Mm. I don't know it's like when she was with Lawrence it was I feel like it was a lot for her like her Mm -hmm. especially with her Basically hating her job, mm-hmm. right, appreciate right, her, right. and her having to come home to Lawrence, and he like doesn't have a job, right. and she's basically supporting him. Not that there's anything wrong with, but it's like he had no ambition mm-hmm. and no drive. And even on the first episode, when she talking about be ready when I get home, it's my birthday. I want to go where where are they supposed to go? Yeah, he's yeah. sitting on the couch doing nothing. <laughs> I definitely get that, and which is why I always say how their relationship ended. What I don't condone when Issa did. I don't condone it at all. No, not but at all. it necessarily wasn't her fault mm-hmm. how the relationship ended. And now that I'm kind of going back and rewatching season one, I can say in some instances. Issa was kind of insensitive to what Lawrence was going through because we as black women complain that our men don't open up to us. And Lawrence was doing that. And it was like Issa was so consumed with what she had going on that she wasn't necessarily even listening to Lawrence. So in that aspect, I could see, okay, Issa, you kind of selfish. Most definitely. And let's give it up for Lawrence and his journey because Issa maybe needed to just hold out a little bit longer and be a little bit more patient with him. But being a black male in Los Angeles, it is tough. It is extremely tough. And it's even more tough to keep your ambition mm-hmm. and your passion. And he kept that yeah. through the breakup, you know, feeling insecure throughout that whole situation. I think he felt very, very insecure mm-hmm. with Issa. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that that was all of her fault. But I just think that's kind of how the dynamic is. You know, when you're in a city where one wrong move could cost you your job, then you can't pay for your expensive rent, wherever that's at, in Wherever that's at in um, wherever that's at in uh, a major city where it's just extremely expensive, and you had you're dating someone who is 
clearly making more money than you, mm-hmm. you know, that's hard. That especially hard for men because men, you know, we're supposed to be the breadwinners and supplier for the home and all that. So when you have a woman that, you know, may not be like doing like may not be really, really successful, but clearly is making more money than you. It's really hard to go to sleep at night and be like, dang, like you're the one really holding down the fort. Right. You know, and I just really commend Lawrence for just through it all, having passion Mm -hmm. and sticking by what he set out to do. Yeah. Now, okay, I'm about to disagree with you Mm -hmm. with the whole... First disagreement. (laughs) (laughs) With the whole... You can't put the blame on Issa necessarily because she did that when it was on good terms. And, he was and that's why I'm saying, like, the way it happened, it was really an effed up situation. So for everyone listening, just so y'all know, this is a spoiler about some of the elements that fell into place as far as them getting out of Issa and Lawrence getting out of a relationship. So if you have not seen this, you may want to, if you haven't seen it yet, you may want to skip like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, maybe like 15 minutes because <laughs> we're about to talk about that. All right. Or like I said, leave and go watch it and come back. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> And to be, Lawrence had been out of job the whole time they'd oh, been definitely. together. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was already a lot of built up tension, built up frustration. I want to say this, but I don't want to hurt your feelings. Mm-hmm. The whole relationship, the problems was not just Issa's. Oh, no, definitely no, not. No. But the cheating, she definitely did that mm-hmm. on her own. And it didn't make it any better that they were on good terms. Now, if it had happened when she went over to visit Daniel, Mm -hmm. then that kind of could have been like, okay, I get it. This would have been her fault, but it would have been a little bit more understandable. Yeah. But, But, and then let's get into Daniel's behind. Because um, I know we both came to a consensus that when he told Issa that I'm not looking for a relationship, he wasn't necessarily wrong because he was honest. He was very honest. But now that I'm going back and watching the season one, I could kind of see why that rubbed me the wrong way Mm -hmm. in the beginning because it was like Y'all grew up together. Y'all went to high school together. So you know how she feels about you. Mm-hmm. So to kind of, and I, yeah. I completely get it. Yeah. Like, you know, honesty is the best. Be upfront with me. Most I want to know what's going on. Most but you knew how Issa felt, he feels knew. about you. Yeah, but see, there's a difference between knowing and caring. You're right. Daniel doesn't care. And he's in the music industry. Men in the music industry. I don't know why they more stressed out than everybody else in the world. <laughs> but but sex is their therapy. Mm-hmm. So th- to me, that was more about oh, I know this girl. We kind of already know each other. She seemed like a good girl. She seemed like you know maybe she ain't running around these streets. Maybe she ain't got nothing. So you know, let me talk to her. Let me more so. I think his intentions was just to sleep with her. Yeah, I, I definitely do. do. I, and, and, but but when he realized that she was like, okay, yeah, that's when he was like, I messed up. And mm-hmm. I shouldn't have said that, which I don't like that at all. I you mean, know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, it was it, it, like, no matter what Issa said about it. At the end of the day, if when she knew, oh, okay, I see, I see where you coming from. Mm-hmm. She should have left it alone, but she initiated that. Yeah, right. she the one that came mm-hmm. on. You and, know what I'm saying? And then him, I feel like he's the type of person that wants somebody to come. What's the word? Basically chasing him. Yeah, yeah I definitely see I get, that. I get so that when too. it's not happening like that, he has I a problem I get that with too. It. So my biggest thing with, like Kay was saying, the honesty thing. 
when it comes to relationships, nobody wants to be a cheater. Nobody wants to turn into someone that you're ultimately going to regret. And I think with Issa, for her, she she needed to be honest. It was the biggest thing that was going to save her from hurting Lawrence. You know what I'm saying? And really becoming someone ultimately that she didn't want to be. Having that way over her head, you know, sleeping next to him, trying to keep the secret. And then ultimately, you know, everything in the dark comes to light. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest thing for someone when they're in a situation where they are in a relationship and they don't necessarily... They're not getting what they want. Be honest with that person, even if that's the reason why you guys break up. Because, to you know, just to be honest with everyone out there, I have been in a situation like that myself where I made a mistake. I, I just want to say for people out there that are in relationships where they end because of infidelity or cheating, it's better that the relationship ends because you were honest mm-hmm. rather than that a relationship ending because it's like, damn, like you did something. You say you love me, but how can you really love me? Mm-hmm. All because you, you know, didn't want to say anything. So you all because all because yeah. you wanted to keep up this front. And yeah. for me, for the longest time, I really had to get over that because, you know, I do come from a family where, you know, it got to look right. You know, you keep your secrets on the law, all that different type of stuff. And it's like you you have to just, you know, uh, just just make it work, mm-hmm. you know, but don't fake it and hurt yourself. You know what I'm saying? Because you can't establish something and build something on a foundation that can crumble if you just tap it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So they ain't gonna do nothing but eat you up on the inside. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like that was eating Issa up on the inside. Because we the seen longest. it. Spoiler again. Exactly. When he, they was looking at rings and you know, he putting them oh on. She having a God. flashback. Like, like, you know, and, and I want to say like, from my experience, you know, you never think that you, you're going to be there. But from my experience, I will say that I had to be honest with myself and realize that from how I was, from where I come, I'll just say that from where I come, I still needed to learn what it meant to be loyal, to be in a situation and be transparent and be honest. Because when you're trying to keep up this image of, for my significant other of, you know, this is who I am and you know that's not really who you are. Then it's like, okay, well, then I have to sneak and do stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I can't mm-hmm. I can't just be honest. I have to sneak because I ultimately want them still to think that this is the Malik. And at the end of the day, what I'm finding is from my significant other right now, like me being transparent, me being honest about who I am, my mistakes, just being naked, like it's working. Mm-hmm. And and when you do that. And you lay that out on the table and a person accepts that, then it's a little easier to be like, okay, maybe you are the one. So now we can get on the road and keep this going. Mm -hmm. But when you're in a situation where the person only knows half of you and y'all trying to keep it going, you know, it's it's not going to last. You know what I'm saying? Because you really learn about yourself and your partner when y'all in messed up situations. Mm-hmm. That's, that's when what you really, really shown. exactly. That's when you really learn about them. But if you don't want to turn into somebody at the end of the day that you never wanted to be, just be honest. And if they're angry, that's fine. But you will have that respect at the end of the day. Exactly. I've definitely been there. Y'all know my situation. Yeah. Yeah. But. With that, he couldn't even be honest with me. I had to go through his phone to find out. <laughs> and he still couldn't, he still tried to lie in my face. So that's why that's just yeah. never going to be any type of friendship or nothing. Right, right, right. Because yes. you're a liar. 
right. Uh, definitely, uh, never been in a situation where I've cheated or I've been cheated on, but I definitely think honesty is the best policy, no matter, you know, how bad you think it's going to hurt. Because at the end of the day, like I always say, I can hate you. But years from now, I can be like, I respect you because at least you were honest oh, versus lying and then me finding about, finding out about it. Then years later, it's like, I don't even respect you. Right. Because you couldn't be a man or a woman and about a, your... And, and also, too, not, not saying what you did, that is deception. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because once again, the person is like, oh, I'm with somebody that would never cheat. I'm with somebody that would never do anything. And it's like, it, you know, you... It, 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 it crushes the person. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because you're like an idol and they would just, they, you know, so just be honest about it. You know, like some people are waiting. Like, well, you know, when they ask, then I'll say something. But you just got to be upfront. And I have to say for y'all, men out there, my girl is a tough cookie. So just be upfront and real <laughs> when she respects you even more. Like, that's all we asking for. Because if you're not... You gotta she deal got with the these razor, too. The razors and lemon juice. And you yeah. gotta deal with these too. And I have no problem putting hands on nobody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Let's go into something more professional. We're gonna talk about. Let's talk about like life goals and employment on the show within the characters, like where EC is mm-hmm. with uh, with 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 her job. Molly, of course, a successful successful black woman. Let's mm-hmm. give you a she worked her butt off. And Tony from Girlfriends crawled so she could walk. <laughs> <laughs> All right now. And Lawrence, we talked about him. Lawrence, I mean, he's he had a business plan, mm-hmm. and you know, Issa didn't tell him face to face. You know, start the business, <laughs> but he telepathically heard her. Right. And finally kicked in, and he got his stuff together. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I want to say this. What I love about this show is. I think when it comes to the fact that these are people in their 20s going into their 30s, Mm -hmm. like I said, the stakes are high because now it's getting to an age where you're like, I have to have a job. I have to find someone. I have to start a family. I have to have kids and all of this. So you have black people, minorities in a city where we are not desired. Mm-hmm. We are not desired. L.A. is a melting pot, and you have a lot of foreigners that come in. You have a lot of people that are of foreign descent that are given special privileges, better opportunities, rather than myself being raised in Carson, where, you know, I look, I'm, I'm trying to apply to the McDonald's down the street. I got to apply maybe five months in advance because there are foreigners who pull you know their families up into those positions mm-hmm. and i get that because you got to look out for your family and that's one thing as black people that we have to do more when we get those positions mm-hmm. but this show illustrates that even in the success even with molly you know what i'm saying even with Issa, where she's in a she's she's working for a company that caters as after school programs to minorities. Uh, right, to LAUSD. But you're, she's the only double minority there. Exactly. Yeah. To the LAUSD school district, and she's the only black woman working in there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And she's on pins and needles. Mm-hmm. No one else in office. All the other lazy people. Because anything go wrong, it's Issa's fault. It's always Issa's fault. Yeah. Because it's, well, you know, we're catering to the black kids. I don't know what's going on. Like, Issa, what didn't you, what did you tell us? You right. know, and it's like, but when, when the plan, when the plan, they're sending up, secret white emails. Right, you know, what I mean? <laughs> they don't ever come through. 
come to her directly. Right. They always talking to her behind her back. And I just think that to me, that's real. Yes, yeah, most I definitely. I, I don't know. I think that I, I just think to me, that's just something relatable. People ask me why I come out here because it's I, I want to say. As, as minorities, we need an opportunity to develop ourselves, and I think that's fair for everyone. You know what I'm saying? But when you're in a city where the minute you get into high school, everything's competitive. You have mm-hmm. to be the best because now to be black, you have to be 10 times better. Dang, I'm growing. I'm still figuring things out. Right. You yeah. know, I'm going through puberty and developing depression at times. And you got all different people going through all different Anxiety. types of stuff. Everything. So it's like... I came out here so I can develop myself, and when I get home, I notice that it's like, wow, like I've seen the world, it's bigger. I'm ready to, I'm ready to face all of this now. Mm-hmm. But that's why I love, once again, insecure black people being in a city where they're not desired, especially when it comes to employment. Yeah. So what do y'all think about like some of their positions? And um, I'm going to start with Molly, you know. Uh, first two seasons you see well season one you see she's at her um, white firm and everything and things seem to be going pretty well with that then we get into season two and you see that she isn't being paid what her white male counterparts are being paid right right right. and you know she's trying to rub elbows with the higher ups and that doesn't necessarily work out and by you know um, she's working with a ex-colleague who moved to the sister firm, I believe, mm-hmm. in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So she's working. She's in L.A., in Chicago, and everything. And, you know, she's starting to realize, like, I'm not desired here. So she has interviews with other firms. And she, ultimately, in season three, you see, she decides to go to the black firm. Right, right. And I'm going to say this, you know, um, <laughs> like Kelly said in the show, Molly, you're running out of races. <laughs> because Molly, the way she's handling certain situations at her new firm isn't I don't want to say not unprofessional but it's really shady it's snake like yeah yeah like <laughs> like the mixed company you was in before right, right. so um I definitely want to say I feel like season four I want to see Molly do some redemption mm-hmm. and be apologetic because you know spoiler again um, there was actually a scene where she came to two of her colleagues, both African-American women, basically said she would be an extra pair of eyes for their case. Mm-hmm. And instead of being honest and saying that she's working with somebody else, it's like... She's trying to get her foot into yeah, so much. Yeah. So it's like, oh, this is me, Molly. Yeah. Oh, you heard about Molly? Molly does it. So that it's like she can work her way up in yeah. the ranks. Mm-hmm. And it's like she's stepping on girls' frontals trying to do this. <laughs> you know, and you can't be... These screen doors. Right. <laughs> you can't be doing that, Molly. Like... I don't know. You yeah. as much as you're trying to get up, make sure you bring in other people. Yeah, you, you know? Issa. I just want to say I'm glad she finally quit her job because she was very stagnant. Yeah, and it was making her very unhappy. And like, let me say this just before we go into Issa's thing. When it comes to Molly being in this new environment, this black company, in some ways it's foreign to her, and just in how comfortable they were. You know what I'm saying? Because she was on her P's and Q's in the white company. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So then now that she's in the black company, because it's like, oh, it's just black folks in here. You know, I could chill. You know, we we all right. We we good. It's like, dang, like, and Molly's like, no, like, you got to be on top of this. You got to yeah. be on all of it. So it's like, it was so easy for her to kind of like, 
if you know, Cam says snake it, whatever, maneuver her way like, oh, y'all not on top of this, so let me kind of come over here. Oh, y'all not on top of that? Over let here? me do that. Yeah, because she's kind of been there and done that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, Issa. Yeah, I want to say I'm proud that Issa finally, you know, quit. Um, she was. I'm gonna say this. I feel like Frida did not deserve that position. No. I feel like. Issa deserved that position a lot more in a lot of instances if you want to look at her worth ethic from the first season. Yeah. Second season, you know, she wasn't all the way there because she was dealing with the breakup yeah. and everything. But I definitely feel like Frida did not deserve that position. Like, Frida? Her awkward self? Like, Issa made her look good. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I don't know. To me, that's just like... Here's another thing. I, like, <laughs> I got the voice, Kurt. I got the voice. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just think that I think her boss being a white lady and being frantic and just being like, how how can we, you know, make them know that we care Sticking about them? Shiki she was wearing. Oh, my God. And, and shoot, on YouTube, the boss had braids. Oh, my God. Box braids. <laughs> Yes. I am disgusted. <laughs> Somebody better talk to a fly dude because I'm going to hurt the feelings. We're going to find that and just slip that in there. <laughs> but no, like, I, I don't know. To me, I just think that Issa definitely was trying. Um, people got to understand it's not equal across the and board. And even Issa's thing proved that. Yes, we are we are a nonprofit organization working in a minor, minority school district, mm-hmm. but even Issa's job proved that yes, I'm a minority and I relate to these students, but I still have to work ten times harder. It goes back to the first season when she's pitching ideas yeah. to them and they're second guessing her idea. They yeah. just automatically assume that black kids want to oh be in God. the arts. Why don't we do hip hop, Romeo and Juliet, Shakespeare? Like, boy. I would throw a pen at everybody's face. <laughs> like, all these lame And I feel like ideas. they limit, and this is kind of off tangent, but it correlates. They limit young black kids to just entertainment. Yeah, mm-hmm. most definitely. And they don't know that at that young age, we are very impressionable. Exactly. If you introduce me, you you sit a, a disabled computer in front of me and show me how to put that back to, I'm going to be fascinated. You got Elementary school kids building robots, drones. Like, let's talk about it. Like, and I mean, it's, it's high key offensive them doing it. Really? Because, like, I, me at that age, you coming into my school talking about we finna do hip hop, Romeo and Julie. I'm like, but you, what do you mean? You, but you, you know what? You white, and to you me, talking about we finna do hip hop, Romeo and Juliet. Is it because I'm black? Right. And to me personally, that's not fake. And I'm gonna tell y'all something about LA as well. You have a lot of teachers that come from outside of mm-hmm. Los Angeles County because they're, you know, they're maybe going to get their master's, whatever, mm-hmm. and they have to teach for a number of years. They drive into the district to teach in these inner city schools with kids that they don't relate with or that they really have no connection with. Mm-hmm. And, and they want the to be point? frustrated because they don't like you. Exactly. And isn't that the point of just you, like, being the one that is giving this information mm-hmm. to these students, it's not just about what's in the books. It's about your own personal experience as well. And you know what? To kind of piggyback off of that, 
this part in season three when she's at work and she's doing callbacks, mm-hmm. Issa, to the schools and find yep. you find out that a yep. lot of schools aren't partnering with, with We Got Y'all. Yeah. So she wants to know what the issue is and they tell her like you're coming to a minority, a predominantly black or Hispanic school, yeah. but your employees don't represent that. Exactly. So when Issa did that and she brought it to her boss, it was like almost like so you're trying to tell me I don't know how I'm doing my job, that I'm not doing my job correctly? Yes, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Because these schools are not partnering with us because we don't have minority representation. Maybe bad all over you thinking about that. <laughs> then they, oh, well, I guess maybe we can add another black girl to the company. You know, I don't know. I just, I just, I can't, I can't. But I'll say this. Another thing that was showed up in an employment is, and then we're going to start wrapping this up a little bit. Yeah, because um, we had an hour and three minutes. Um, another thing that popped up in employment was the interactions with black people with the crabs in the barrel mentality. Mm-hmm. And just how even when we're trying, as, as a successful black person, when you're trying to give advice to these you know, I want to say semi-hotel successful black people. It's, oh, no, you're trying to make me not black anymore. That's what I'm associate. Exactly. And my thing with that was, you know, that to me, that whole situation I feel like was funny. Like, it was. You can call me Dada. <laughs> yes. Dada, Dada girl. My friends call my, my name's Rashida, but my friends call me Dada girl. So even with that situation, like, she came in there and she was putting on a show for these mm-hmm. white people, regardless if she knew it or not. And and they and the whole her whole thing entertained about the same time. Exactly. Her whole thing was, well, I didn't have to change who I was for law review, right? Or and, and that and may have Molly been, was trying to tell yeah, her and that may have down. been the case. But I feel like I don't think Molly went to her in a disrespectful way. No, it was no, warranted. To, it was her trying to help a sister, out. and it was warranted clearly because the boss boss told Came Molly afterwards. to you need to check. Basically, you need to check your sister because mm-hmm. she doing too much, and it's like. That's why I can't yeah, and it was kind of like place. it was funny, but yeah, because so everyone knows Molly came to Dada Girl when she started noticing that the girl was kind of you know real, real. Don't you eat my soup? <laughs> <laughs> just also, Loki, she kind of reminded me of Whitney Houston a little bit. Just how she was acting. <laughs> anyway, that's how she was. She just came in there, and these white folks they real well mannered, and mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Harvard graduates and stuff they're just you know they're real proper and it's like this girl comes in and they're like oh I ain't seen this let's go talk to that girl right. she gonna entertain us right. I don't know nothing about what it mean to be black and it's like oh, Rashida they care about that moment being entertained exactly so Molly saw that and was like you know what let me kind of talk to her and initially I'm, because she wanted to didn't work out now you got the boss coming mm-hmm. and trying to tell you to talk to her mm-hmm. and it's like it already the point where they weren't entertained no more exactly and I have my dad laughing on the part where she came into the office and what was her uh, co-worker's name that was in the office? Oh, I don't remember, but that but was she, funny. She kept talking to I'll just say, I'll just say, uh, uh, Lauren or something. Anyway, she come in there. She say, uh, Lauren, uh, I think you need to go tell uh, Jeff or whatever. Uh, talk to Jeff about the Emerson type, case. The Emerson case. Yeah. She, I'm not. I'm not on the Emerson oh, case. Oh well, I, I guess you better go tell him that then. 
just so she could get her to leave <laughs> the, the office room so she could talk to Molly about the situation. To me, that was that was so priceless. That was funny. <laughs> it, was, it was really funny. All right, y'all. So throughout the season, though, what's some some elements of the show that just really stuck out to y'all? Something maybe that y'all related with or just kind of learned more about life in a way to deal with it better? I have to say, because like I said, I'm going back and rewatching season one and two, and I'm going to watch three. Uh, kind of towards the end of season one, and Molly and Issa getting into it. Yeah. That was, whoo, child. They was hitting below the belt. But no, I think they both said things to each other that both of them needed to hear. Because through the beginning of season one, when, you know, they at the taco shack and everything, and Issa's basically like, because I know I'm right. And Molly is like, you're right, even though I don't agree with you. And then again, Issa does it. And she's like, I mean, I guess you're right, Molly, but Molly wouldn't even really write. Mm-hmm. You know? So I think in that moment, they had both built up tension between them. So when it came to a head, it was just like everything exploding. This is what you're doing, and this is why you're single, and this is this. And well, this is why you unhappy in your job and you cheated on your man when he was getting his stuff together for you. It was just a lot of. So I think in all of that, mm-hmm. I learned that don't let things build up with your friends. Yeah. If you need to say something, because we do it to each other. Yeah. If, if you got to say something in that moment, no matter how harsh or how, you know, how much uh, less of a bite it might have to it. Say it in that moment that way. It's not bottled up. And, and if things building up. That way if y'all do ever get into an argument, it's like, oh, so this how you've been feeling this yeah, whole time. Definitely. That goes for friends, family, mm-hmm. relationships. Significant others. Everybody. Definitely relationship. Yeah, oh yeah, you gotta do it. If I'm living with you. <laughs> yeah. So I think from season one that was a takeaway that I had. Just say what you're feeling in that moment, because yeah. it was a lot of moments. Issa and Molly needed to check each other on their stuff. Yeah. Season two, like I said, accountability when Lawrence and Issa finally talked, and they both apologized for what went wrong in the marriage, and basically, like Malik said earlier, having an idea of each other. Yeah. You know, Issa had this idea that you're my man. You're supposed to take care of me. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to take care of you, but you're the man, so you're you're, you're spo- ambitious. You're yeah. gonna pop. You're gonna just gonna be quicker than I. You know, Issa apologized for you know I wasn't there for you like I should have been mm-hmm. and everything. So season two, I took away accountability. Season three, redemption because. The two things for season three for me was Issa quitting her job and then her finally getting her place together. Those were like the two biggest things for me in season three. What did you think of Pam? Well, not particularly in a season, but one thing that just really always stuck out to me throughout the whole series is Molly's double standards. Oh, most definitely. Especially when she was dating that boy, Jerry. Yeah. Mm, we need was, to get into that. So one thing that really stuck out to me was Molly and her double standards, specifically when it came to when she was dating Jerry. How... All he, with her thinking he's bisexual. Yeah. Or gay. Or gay. Like... I'm so glad you brought that up. Why, like... You brought to his attention that you have done stuff with a girl before when you were in college. Right, right, right. And he was like, okay, well, maybe I could tell her, too. Like, I tried something with a guy before, too, in Mm -hmm. college one time. Didn't like it. 
And that was that. That was that. And this is my whole woe is me soapbox whatever. But within period, black men are not allowed to explore their sexuality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm a big believer. You know, explore, experiment, find out what you like, and everything. Just get tested. As long as you're honest about it. Yeah, as long as you're getting tested and you're honest. So I didn't necessarily see anything wrong with what Jared said, and I didn't. And that's the thing with black women. We hear exactly. Mm -hmm. We hear that. Oh, I experimented with the man. All of a sudden, it's oh, he gay, and that's not even the case. But you're not lesbian though. You would have a fit. Somebody called you a lesbian. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the case. So I feel like black men do not have the opportunity to experiment sexually, which is why there are a lot of trades and a lot of DLs out here mm-hmm. because they've been taught that, oh, no, you don't do that. You know, rhymes with maggot in yeah. my house. Well, it's, it's more acceptable to pretend like you're Christian in mm-hmm. the DL rather than to just be honest about what you know your body can't mm-hmm. resist. Right. Exactly. And that's the one thing I respected about Jerry was his honesty. And you could tell he was not insecure at mm-hmm. all. And see, that that's was one the thing big, I really messed he, with him about. Like he put it all. He was like out. a real like he was like a real nuance within the whole show, just in how he wasn't insecure. Mm-hmm. Like, Even when they mentioned asked and he's just straight said, Oh yeah, he, he mm-hmm. yeah, I mean I yeah, he he gave me hell one time or something like that. You know, whatever. And, 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 and even when they mentioned like to him, you know, did you go to college? Yeah. No, I feel like I didn't miss out on anything. He see, like I don't know. To me, he just really stood out because it was like it was a different tone with him. He's open to honesty, mm-hmm. not you know, to himself. Exactly, and I'm glad she still kept him kind of popping up throughout the show mm-hmm. um, because it was like he just had a different tone. Like mm-hmm. it was just like, and I really think insecure. if Molly. In her double standards, and I really feel like feel like what ruined it. For, I feel like she it would have been ruined altogether because that always would have been a thought in the back of her head. But if she hadn't let Tiffany get into her head, yeah. because Issa told her like, "Girl, you experimented with the girl. Right, you right. didn't like it. Like so, what? Girl, so he's gay. <laughs> so what makes him any different? From and quick you? update about my man's now. Like this man. Is with a beautiful, beautiful chocolate girl yes. in season three. And I will give it to a lot of women. If you find out that the guy that you were talking to has mm-hmm. had sexual experiences with a guy, if that's not for you, that is that's all you yeah. do. You know but what don't I'm judge. You know what I'm if, especially if you've done you know something what? similar. Right, and right. And if, if you haven't and that's you, you judge, that's fine. If that's not you, that's all right. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, respect the fact that they're honest because I'm going to tell you, it's a lot of these men out here these men. that you're laying down with. Your baby daddies. All right, y'all, let's be careful. But there's a lot of these men out here that have really done different things. Mm-hmm. They just haven't told you about it. Exactly. And they're walking around, and no one would ever suspect that they would have any interest in doing anything with the same sex. So really what that showed to me was it was self-love, self-respect, and honesty. And he really respected her as a woman to even tell her that. Exactly. But see... We're not used to that. Mm-hmm. We want to be lied to. You know what I'm Beat saying? Beat it on. Right. You know, Cheat we want to be disrespected. And as long as he got that good good, you know, he hitting it good, then that's it. But want to be like Tierra Marie. So for me, I have to go into Issa's plan for this Coco Coachella. 
Um, and I think the reason why I'm really feeling this is because we're all kind of at that stage in our lives. We're in college and it's a little bit easier to do more projects um, because it's easier to be seen and kind of mm-hmm. market when you're on a campus and stuff. But I'm a, I'm a strong believer in never losing sight of your dreams ever. And I think with this, with me and Kay working on this show and trying to inspire people, I know it's, to me, I really, really feel with Issa wanting to inspire people, wanting to make a change, mm-hmm. wanting to make a difference, wanting to bring something of value to the communities that, I mean, people don't necessarily feel is all of value. You know, and I think yeah. that I'm I'm really rooting for her, and I, I want her I to do like, this. And I feel like she's like doing this, rooting for people that has a business plan. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that's why you gotta be patient because it's like season three. She's understanding exactly how Lawrence felt in season one. Mm-hmm. And that's what crazy. I love what, foreshadow of events exactly. And what what I love about. Lawrence is his heart. Mm-hmm. He needed some time. He made some mistakes. You know, you'll learn about those. Um, he's growing from that. He's met back up with Issa, and it's like, you hurt me, but I see, oh, you're doing something similar with me, and I still love you, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not looking at it like, you know, you're just just this evil woman. So you working on the business plan, what can I do to help you? Mm-hmm. I love that because you have a lot of black men that are just like, oh, Women, black women, they make one mistake. I'm going to run off with a white woman. Women are the pathway to your destruction. Right. You, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> but anyway, you know, no, we're going to talk about that real quick. I'm going to just say this. If you've had one bad experience with women, think about, and specifically black women, Think about all the bad experiences that black women have had mm-hmm. in America, not just from what we say, oh, the white man, even from us as brothers. So now that you understand what it feels like, you know what I'm saying? Fire don't put out fire. So let's try to really get it together. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like let's, let's really try to grow from this because that's... Um, or if it's yeah. a thing that you having multiple bad experiences, take a look at yourself. Exactly. And the exactly. type of women that you attract. Yeah, most because definitely. ultimately, that's a reflection of you. Yeah. And I mean, from my brothers out there, don't disrespect black women. You came from one. So what sense does that make? You look at the female anatomy and her reproductive organs and all of that. Scientists have showed that it's really reflective to different beautiful scenes in outer space. Just the universe. Like, most I mean, they're, they're, our existence... Women are the intrinsic value of our existence. And that's all I have to say. And I think Issa deserves a second chance. So I do. So rooting for you, Issa. All right, y'all. So that concludes episode seven of TM Bonnets. We glad you guys could come and enjoy this conversation. We glad we could have our brother here. Yes. Cam, Cam, on, bam, bam. And he gonna be back. Yes, because so, y'all thought this was over. I never left. <laughs> like a butt crack. Y'all, <laughs> don't think you saw the last thing. He will be back that, for this yes, part two. two. And in this part two episode, we're going to talk about some of these negative reviews of Issa being a producer in an era where we are not having a lot of 
black producers, mm -hmm. making opportunities for us as minorities, young black minorities, wanting yes. to be in Hollywood or just on TV. Mm -hmm. So I just have to shout her out for that. But we're yes. going to get into that. We're going to talk about that. You don't want to miss that conversation because that's because things going to get hot. Exactly. But thanks for joining us, y'all. Yes. Thanks for joining us, Cam. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, right y'all. Um, so y'all know it's getting cold out here. So y'all know what that means. Get these bonnets on. And the mugs ready. Because this tea is hot. <laughs>